Hello, Connect Church. John and Helen Burns here. We're sitting in our living room here in White Rock, British Columbia in Canada. And gosh, we'd love to be with you in one of our favorite cities in the world, Boston, but also with one of our favorite churches in the world. That's Connect Church. We love you. We miss you. And even though we can't be with you, we thought we would just bring a message from our hearts, um, hopefully to deposit into your hearts. And I trust it'll bless you. Right. Um, Pastor Derek said that you are actually talking about one of our all-time favorite subjects, which is legacy. And legacy is so important. I think it's far more important than any of us. <laughs> I'm trying to, but I don't think any of us realize how important yeah. it is. Because what you do in this life, we always look at what we do in the present tense, but the past tense and what's going to go on in the future mm -hmm. is so much bigger yeah. so we're thrilled to talk about legacy we love you we love your pastors we never forget the first time we came it how was, about that we've made some special memories uh, on our travels yes. but to be in a the snowstorm of all oh. virtually the century in boston and uh no traffic going anywhere except for trucks that were moving snow but we bonded with uh Stacy and with Derek and their family and I am forever grateful for that snowstorm. Yes, because we've now been part of the family, yeah. your family, for a number of years now. And so it is a privilege to be one of the overseers and to actually um, be able to speak into Derek and Stacy and the kids and, and the team. And it is, it is an honor. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is because of legacy. See, legacy, um, it, it, it just multiplies and expands your life. You begin to understand it. I just this last weekend did a funeral online for Bob Newfeld, who I haven't seen for maybe 40 years. Well, not that long, but. <laughs> I, I would think, because I haven't seen him since we left. But um, he was, him and his wife were uh, a vital part of our lives when our marriage was on the rocks and I had just graduated as a dentist and I moved up to a little town called Williams Lake and God got a hold of our lives. And these two, not that much older than us, but um, they were youth leaders in this little church and they took us under their wing and we just learned so much and we started ministry under their uh, under their way mm -hmm. so um actually when we found out that bob was uh in palliative care you can talk about well uh, somebody very graciously it wasn't 40 years because we were there for six years but that's okay so uh, quite a while ago i saw them about five years ago and uh it was a great encounter and it was a very almost accidental but in in hindsight such a providential encounter again but someone very graciously called our church and said i don't know if john and helen know this but bob newfeld is in palliative care and when i heard that my heart was just gripped with i need to tell them some things i haven't told them recently and so i started to write out and i tears pouring down my face just writing out uh a note of gratitude and remembrance and such such thankfulness for what 
When people take you in when you're at your most broken and see something in you that you can't see in yourself and they encompass around you and hold you and set you on a pathway, you want to tell them the difference that that, that made. And uh, at that time, John was a brand new dentist and never knew that we would be leaving dentistry to plant a church 34 years ago. And that church today has had an impact, not just here in our city, but a global impact, which is such a gift and such a blessing. But I wanted Bob and Adina to know that um, that seed that they sowed into our heart, all of the fruit that has come from that seed is to their account as well. And so as I poured these words out, sent them to Adina, Bob's wife, and she read them to him while he was just in those final days. And he was able to hear again, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you were willing to sow into our lives. And, and uh, it was a real gift to me to be able to express that, but also for her to share it with Bob. And then in turn, they reached out because they really used people in the funeral who were a fruit and a product of their life. So to preach that message was pretty special. Yeah, so he cried a lot. Yeah, so I had the privilege of speaking about legacy in a real, real tangible way as somebody has just left this life and graduated into heaven and left a legacy. So what is a legacy? Well, it, it's actually what we do in the present tense, all of the past tense adding up to the present tense, which creates something of an influence that changes the future, changes others' future. And the uh, multiplication, exponential, if you will, multiplication, it, it just goes way beyond what you or I could ever begin to understand. And that's what we get to do as a church. I don't think Bob would have thought those many years ago when he took this, this crazy young couple, um, a dentist under his wings, that there would be any fruit at all. But, we went very promising. <laughs> oh, we could tell stories, I'm telling you. Well, was, they could tell stories. We, we were so far from anything you would think, but um, just to be able to understand the potential of the seeds yeah. we sow today, which create a legacy for the future. And I love talking about seeds, seed time and harvest, because it always works that way. But you know, when you talk about seed time and harvest, who's responsible for the harvest? God. God is. He says he brings increase, but you and I, we're responsible for the sowing and the watering. Mm -hmm. And I think in this world today, so much of us, we put our energy into, into harvest, into increase, into seeing something happen. And don't, you know, don't worry about that. God's very, very faithful. And I think we don't see enough harvest because we are so poor. <laughs> that, that, that's, I'm playing on, on the word so, um, because I'm talking about S-O-W. We are sowing poor. And I don't want to be so poor. When I want to, when when I breathe my last breath, I want to know that I put everything I can into the future. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not about us. It's not about present tense. And it's it's amazing. If you just think about, like for for instance, when we talk about legacy, we're going to talk about art for the house. We're going to talk about you know being able to plant seed into your community, into the church that reaches the community, into missions and all those kinds of things. 
And um, we often take the, the, the seed we have, the finances we have, and we think it's far more valuable today to use it to, you know, I don't know, buy a new jacket or, you know, something that we think is so important today. And if we could see with the eyes of eternity, we would recognize that, wow, we just ate seed that could have, could have had a harvest that, you know, planted a whole field. So we are thrilled to be able to talk about this. I just would love to interject here too that this is such a unique historic time, a challenging time, a very, very challenging time. And I know the entire world has been affected by a pandemic. Um, and I know that our city may be experiencing different levels of restraints and what we can do than what you're experiencing there in Boston. But regardless, the world is, is in turmoil. It is in crisis. There are so many people hurting, so many people not sure what to do. And often when we don't know what to do, we do nothing or we hold on to what we have out of fear of what the future is. And I know that even in regards to in your own country, because we watch it carefully, you know, coming around the election and all the different things that are happening, we can look at the external circumstances and make poor decisions about sowing for the future because we're so encompassed of what's happening today. And I don't think there's ever been a time to have a greater clarity about what actually matters. This has been a time of shaking and a time of stripping down. It's been a time of not, um, not knowing exactly what's happening, except for we do know who holds the future. And so as we share this message today, I would love for it to just awaken your heart to not be filled with fear, not to be filled with um, insecurity about the future or, or attentiveness about it, but to embrace your future and to understand who you are and exercise your God-given potential and right to invest deeply and widely because I don't think there's ever been a greater time uh, to test. God's not testing you, but I would encourage you to know, test your own heart. Where is your security? Where is your faith? Is it, is it actually engaged for what the future yield can be on that beautiful seed that is yours to sow? No one can sow it for you. It's yours to sow. And I want you to awaken to the potential that lies in that seed that God has entrusted to you. Recognize that our life, it's a race, okay? Yeah. The writers of you know Hebrews chapter 12 said, it's a race, so run your race. It's not a sprint. It's not even a marathon. Nope. It is a relay marathon. It is. And your race will not be complete until it's all said and done, until yeah. Jesus comes back That's again. Right. And, you know, that, that whole idea of a relay, I think a legacy is the baton. It's what you pass on. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because um, we've passed the baton of the lead pastor in our church over to my daughter, to our daughter, Angela. And that was at the 33 year mark of our church? Right, Yeah. right. And um, when I passed that baton on, I remember I, I just, it was it was so touching and emotional for me. It was powerful. And the wrestle of who to hand it on oh. to. It's not like wrestled it was over, automatic. Probably wrestled over that for five years. But when I finally came down to it, I knew why. And it was because, and I handed her the baton and I said, I'm giving this to you because you, I believe more than anyone else, know what this cost. Yeah. Know the price that was paid for this. 
Because she's watched us as we planted the church and we went through all those things. And you see, that's what a legacy is. Legacy is generational. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know who you are, why you are, how valuable you are, till you know what's gone on before you. Yeah. And for all the things that have been done to get you to where you are, it, it puts the, the emphasis and increases the purpose and, and, and helps us to actually steward that legacy, mm -hmm. steward that baton. I, I want it to give it to somebody that's not going to drop it, that actually recognizes how important this yeah. is. And, and that's why I handed it on to Angela. But that's what we get to do. Yeah. We get to live a life that we get to hand on. And even like you said, in the middle of this, this crisis we're in right now, um, it's difficult. But see, that's the price that that legacy yeah. is worth. Mm -hmm. um, if everything is easy in your life, you're not going to really affect much of the future. No. But if you pay a price, and the price is a heart price, yeah. and a heart price means you do what's needed to be done when it's difficult. It's interesting, in the Bible, how many times you find that they sowed in a time of famine? Yeah. Even how many times did, did, did God just think, hold, hold it, hold it, hold it. I could give you the miracle right now, but it's way too easy. I mean, if I give you the miracle right now, you might walk away and think it, 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 that you know, it's because you're so, so good and whatever. And God never created us to carry the glory. No. So he just continually did things. Think of, you know, Gideon. Um, too many, too much. No, it's too easy. Yeah, I, I know the odds are like 1,000, 10,000 to 1, but still too easy. And get down to 300 where now you know that this is God. And see, legacy is going to cost you. And right now, when you look at the difficulty around you, don't, you know, don't let it um, get you down. Like Helen said, let it get you up. <laughs> get excited because the potential is that you can really make a difference for generations yeah. to come. You know, there's a really great, great quote by a good friend of ours, uh, Pastor Paul Cole. He is the son of the amazing Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, who was one of the greatest mentors in our he lives. Was, yeah, he was a mentor in our yeah, lives. Talk about sowing yeah. into, again, two very fledgling but hungry to grow leaders that were just coming up but he poured into our life and but uh paul wrote this and i you know i love it he said what a person does in life is history but what they put into motion is legacy mm. and i love that thought what are we today putting into motion i think history is just living your life just, you know, the day to day. But what are we doing that is investing, not just for this moment, but for the future? What you put into motion is your legacy. And I'm grateful for the legacies that we've had. I know I didn't get here on my own. I come from a deep and rich soil. And, and this is the thing about me when you talk about batons. I understand the weight of what my grandparents and great-grandparents and what my parents have carried. My father's in heaven today. Last night we had a beautiful dinner here with my siblings celebrating my mom's 86th birthday. She is something else. But as I watched her live her life, I don't go, well, that's just my mom. I carry the healthy weight of that in the sense that I don't want to squander what was so deeply poured into my life by generations of amazing leaders. I want to read to you a scripture and then we'll, we'll just speak out of this. This is one of my favorites. It's found in Psalm 78 and it starts here in uh, 
uh, verse 1, it says, <clears throat> I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Beloved ones, listen to this instruction. Open your heart to the revelation. Open your heart to the revelation of this mystery that I share with you. A parable and a proverb are hidden in what I say. Let's look for it. An intriguing riddle from the past. We've heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage, and we will continue to tell our children and not hide from them, from the rising generation, the great marvels of God, his miracles and power that have brought us all this far. The story of Israel is a lesson in God's ways. He established decrees for Jacob and established the law in Israel, and he commanded our forefathers to teach them for, to our children as well. For perpetuity, God's way will be passed down from one generation to the next, even to those not yet born. And in this way, every generation will have a living faith in the laws of life and will never forget the faithful ways of God. What I love about the scripture, so much I love about that entire psalm, there's much more gold in there. But it's talking about the past, it's talking about this present, and it's talking about the future. It's talking about what was handed on and it talks about a riddle, a mystery in the middle of this. And I believe that it, it challenges us to take a look at what is our story. John always says, you don't know yourself outside of the story. You know, if we just open up the Bible and read one page, you might have a little glimpse and just a little you know, snapshot of, of the story, but until you place that, that snapshot into the full picture, you really don't have a concept of why you're here, what you're here to do, and where you're going. And, and your story is bigger than you. And so let's take a look at just some of these thoughts because the past, starting with the past, the past is in fact a bridge into the future. And what does that look like? In my case, I can speak for my life and John can speak for his as well. But like I said, I have a, a really beautiful legacy of faith. I have uh, people, I was raised in a culture and an environment of faith. They made God big. My history, the stories are hard. My grandparents escaped a horrible evil regime and, and uh, escaped as, as a young pregnant mother with her first and my grandfather got on a train and got out of town, lived as um, refugees in a never you know and left their family but met god on this encounter and god brought them through then landed in paraguay south america from russia and um, ended up there with nothing and no one but god but created a beautiful future my grandparents um one of my grandfathers planted the first church there and that's a big story in itself but i heard about the bigness of god and so knowing that and then my parents story um, my, my aunts and uncles in the church I was raised in, it was a culture of the wonder and the miracle power of God. And so I want to challenge you. Often we see what isn't happening because not everything is perfect right now. But can I challenge you to tell the stories of your past? 
look back. You have lived 100% of your days and survived them all, and there's many more to come, but all of the days you've lived, God has been there with you. And I want to encourage you to stop looking what isn't happening and tell the stories of what has happened, because those stories build our faith. That remembrance reminds you of the goodness, the grace, and the faithfulness of God. And don't hold them back. It says we will tell to tell them to our children. It, it, it's not a wasted story. So many times we don't want to go into our past. I think about how much we needed the stories of people who survived the Holocaust. Horrific stories, but they're alive to tell. And, and, and we need to know, yes, this was evil, but how did God meet you in the middle of it? And as we share those stories, they actually put the focus on not the tragedy as much as the ability to come through it and to know that I'm here for a reason and there's something I need to do right now to build a future. So important. And when we look at the present, okay, if you were to think of what's the most important moment of your life, okay, would it be when you got married, when you got saved, when you got filled with the Holy Ghost? What was, what's the most important moment of your life when you were born, when you were born again? No, no, all that's good. The most important moment is this one. Yeah. Why? Because this is the moment of opportunity. Yeah. This is the moment you get to do, to change, to choice, whatever you want to do. This is the moment when you can really make a difference mm -hmm. and you have no idea of what's on the other side. Um, you know, I, I, I remember years ago when Helen first started um, speaking, she would tell her story all the time. And then I'd hear people coming and, you know, with tears say, that was, and, and they tell me the part that they remembered the most. And there was one line that came out more than any other, and that was, there's a multitude on the other side of your obedience. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us that story? <laughs> well, I feel like I've said, uh, I've used that uh, phrase many, many times because this moment, you know, Deuteronomy chapter 30 um, talks about God has set before his life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. He's given you the answer. Choose life. Why? So that you and your descendants and meaning and your legacy will live on and and i share the story often where i was john as you know we talked about this moment very broken couple living in a little town up in northern british columbia john was a brand new dentist in town our marriage was fragmented i was uh, very pregnant with our third daughter but i had made a decision to not move up to williams lake with him i did ah life hurt too much i just wanted to stay behind in vancouver i didn't want to leave what felt secure to me because our marriage didn't feel secure but what I did one night, and this is a one moment moment, one night in a time of brokenness and heartache and disappointment with my life, I had tucked my two daughters, Angela and Danica into bed. And then I walked into my bedroom. And when I walked in, I remember even the walk from their bedroom to my bedroom. And I remember thinking of this baby that was about to come um, in just really a month or two, uh, and so I go and I got on my knees. It'd been a long time since I'd been there. I really hadn't had a great relationship with God for the past few years. I had really walked away and just felt disappointed with life, so disappointed in my marriage. But that day I knew I had a choice. And uh, I got on my knees and I gave it all to Jesus. I gave it all. I just said, God, I've had life with you. 
and I've had life without you and I cannot do another day without you. And I ask God to forgive me for walking away from him. And I ask God to forgive me for all of my anger and disappointment. I just felt like I, as I did that, the weight of the world came off my shoulders. And I still remember getting up off of um, the neck, off my knees and feeling something shifted, forever shifted. I woke up the next morning. John was still living 350 miles away. Our circumstances hadn't changed, but everything inside of me changed. It was a seed moment, a seed of sowing into my future. I let go of my past and, the, and forgave and myself and John and everything. And, and, but I woke up the next morning feeling like about 10,000 pounds of pressure and weight came off my shoulders. And like I said, the external circumstances were still the same, but it felt like I could hear the birds sing and the sky was blue. And I remember I went from there, found my Bible, and I began to read my Bible like a starving woman that hadn't read her Bible in several years properly. And every word was just jumping off the pages and right into my heart. And God began to show me a new picture for my marriage. I began to take those words and I would write them in my, uh, write, you know, underline them and write in the columns of my Bible. And so John and I would be having conversations and he was many miles away, but something had shifted, eternally shifted. And God began to restore our marriage. We moved up to Williams Lake, began to get invested and involved in that church and that youth group, our marriage was healing. And we could never have imagined that that day on my knees, it was the beginning of really how God would use us to plant a church, to launch a global, really outreach to marriages and families and such. We never dreamed that, but see, there is a miracle in a moment and there are multitudes waiting, even right now on the other side of your obedience to follow Jesus. This moment matters, you may be mad, you may be disappointed with life. You maybe feel like it's all over. Maybe you've made too many mistakes. You feel like, how can God use me now? You, you may be just enmeshed in, in confusion, but I wanna encourage you, if you will trust God with this moment, perhaps get on your knees and invite God into this moment, Holy Spirit will meet you right there. And he will begin to write the story as it was meant to be written. You can let go of, of what's been holding you back and invite God into this moment and trust him to take you and those you love into a future and create that legacy your heart so longs for. Amen. So this present moment is an opportunity, but the future is yeah. a hope. Yeah. And our world needs hope like never before. And we get to build that foundation yeah for the future with a legacy. Yeah. And that legacy is a heart legacy. That's what's so important. You see, we, you know, we live in kind of, I don't know about you, but, but um, I'm 67 and this world has changed. I mean, you it's, when you watch TV, you don't see my three sons and father knows, you know, father's, father, father knows, knows best, best Nobody anymore. knows what that you is, know, they're all way younger than I us. know, <laughs> everything. And, and, and everybody's afraid of what about my kids, my grandkids, they're all gonna, and, and yeah, all that stuff could get their head kind of messed up, but faith isn't a head thing, it's a heart thing. Yeah. 
and everybody's looking for reality, for truth, for, for what's in the heart. We get to actually pass that on. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it again, but the baton that you pass on is a, has a cost to it, yes. but it's a heart cost. Yes. And that heart cost is not what comes easy, but what is important, mm -hmm. what you value to the place where it costs you. You can actually put a price tag on the seed that you sow. When you talk about finances, okay, the price tag is not the dollar amount. No, because remember the widow with the two mites? Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I love that story, because Jesus is watching, and, and hold on, hold on, stop the cameras, and they, you know, guys, get over here, look at that, I am, well, this, that's amazing, and they might have looked and thought, what, but he saw so much more, he saw two mites that represented a full heart, yeah. and you know, over the years, I can't tell you how many times when it comes to giving, mm -hmm. we've we just challenged ourselves yeah. and we stretched and we got to the place where God, I'm trusting you for the future because I don't have it stored up in the bank account anymore. It's not the way I, I thought it would go. And I think those are the times when Jesus is going, look, watch, look, look, look. It, it's all about actually sowing heart. Jesus yeah. said where your treasure is, there your heart is. Absolutely. The baton that you're passing on is a heart baton. And you need to tell the stories, but you actually need to live the story before you can tell it. Yeah. And to live the story is, is what did it cost you? Do you know there was a time when there was this thing called COVID and this happened and this happened. We didn't have a job anymore and, and it, it, it felt like this and this and this, but but we put our faith in God. Yeah. Interesting, you know, Helen's talked about the generational thing in her family where grandparents came from Russia and uh, they had, you know, really, really difficult, challenging times. But in the face of all those challenging times, they just kept on magnifying God. Absolutely. Like, God is bigger than it. You know, if things weren't challenging, it would be tough to magnify God in it. He really wouldn't get the glory that he deserves. So sometimes I think we need to look at the tough times as wonderful opportunities yeah. for God to show up and do the miracles that only he does. Yeah. I get so excited with this message. I know we could go on and on forever, but these moments matter. God is a generational builder. He is. He's always been the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the rest following after that. It's how he builds. And so these moments matter. And I know this is a, a critical time, a beautiful time in the life of uh, Connect Church, that, that you have opportunities today that you've never had before. And I would challenge each of you to just empty yourselves, if you will. John uses this thought all the time. Um, if I get to the end of my life and there's any gas left in my tank, I'll be ticked off, is how That's he puts right. it. Because why live life without putting pedal to the metal, give it all? And I, that's how we've chosen to live, to, to live emptied. To, you know, I must decrease so that he can increase. And these are what these moments in time invite us to. And it's, you'll never be disappointed with giving everything to God. Your time, your life, your resource, your gift, your talents, your prayers, everything that is in you to give. When you hold back, 
really you're robbing yourself of the most beautiful future that, that waits for you. And also robbing the multitudes waiting on the other side of your obedience. So I wanna encourage you, let's be like the one who is entrusted with the talents and gifts that, that planted it, that sowed it into the future, not be holding on and being stingy and holding back because we fear what the future holds. No, lay it out, pour it out. Like John says, don't sow poorly, sow richly and watch what God will do for you. Um, this moment, right now, we are standing between the past and we're standing at, at, you know, on the bridge to the future. And what you do at this moment will have generational, um, more than you can imagine or think, impact. And so we are inviting you, along with your leadership, to give it all you've got. And like I said, John said already, it's not, we're not just talking about finances, though my, I mean, that's what finances are for as far as I'm concerned, to sow for the future. So we never have held back, we, and we want to give more and more. But give everything. How can you, in this season, church is not on pause. Church is alive and well. So do everything you can to sow to the future, and you'll never regret it. So let me close with just three thoughts. What can you do today? Okay, when, when we talk about legacy, it's all about today. This mm -hmm. is the moment. So three things. First of all, recognize it's your full-time highest calling and responsibility yep. to build a legacy, yep. to pour your life into others. It's your full-time, not your job, not what you're doing, not, not, not what you can see and perceive around you today, but it's something you can't see today, but today... It is your calling, mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to build that legacy that's gonna change the future. So important. You know, we we look around us and we, we look at and we value the, 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 the stuff around us and we're gonna build our ministry, we're gonna build our business, we're gonna build our home and all of that's present tense. What's more important is who are you pouring your life into? Yeah. And, and most of them you don't even see yet because they're generations to come. Okay. That's the most important thing mm -hmm. we do with this moment. Secondly, see everything you do as legacy seed. See, everything you do is seed. And seed, the, you know, Jesus said it like this in John 12, 24. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, which means it's not about today. It's not about what it looks like in your hand right now. It's not about what you can do with it right now. It's not about you can actually, you know, eat the seed and it'll, and, and no. Unless it falls to the ground and dies, let it go. Mm -hmm. It remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. That's where the, the miracle happens. It's seed, time, and harvest, and we get to be part of this. So recognize that it is your highest calling. Build that legacy. And recognize that everything you do right now is seed into your future. And third of all, let me just encourage you, pour your heart into it. <laughs> pour your heart into it. Don't, don't just dabble in it. Sow your best. Give it your best. Make sure that, that you can actually feel it. Because if it didn't cost you, it, it's, it, if it didn't move you, it's not going to move God. <laughs> True. <laughs> If your seed wasn't something that moved you, how do you expect it to move God and the generations to come? But what an opportunity. Yeah. What an opportunity. What a great time to be alive. Mm -hmm. What a, a great time to be part of the most important thing on earth, which is his church. Yeah. 
So let us just close. Let us pray for you. And I'm going to turn it back to your pastor, but let's pray. Father, thank you for Connect Church. Thank you for every single person, part of the family, and those that are still coming, and the generations that are coming. Yeah. Thank you that the life we live today is so much bigger and more important than we could ever imagine. Yeah. Because of you, God, take the things we do, Lord, and you're the one that brings the increase. And as we sow them, we let them go, fall to the ground and die. God, you bring a harvest, yeah. which is a bit beyond what we can imagine. Yeah. Thing. So I thank you for Connect Church. I call Bless. it blessed yes. beyond measure. I call the church of Jesus Christ on the earth today, the answer, the hope of the world, yeah. the local church, the answer for this crisis that we're in today is people that will join together and believe you, God, and let you do the miracles mm -hmm. that you plan to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We love you. Bless you. In just a minute, I want to pray for you, but I want you to think about something. You know, we have a value at Connect that there's more to this life than this life. And so there's an eternity. And I want you to think about that for just a minute. While you're thinking about that, let me give you a little story. My daughter, Mallory, many, many years ago, when she came home from school one day, she took a rock and she wrote on our brand new van. Now I can remember being pretty upset, but she was a five-year-old. She was sorry, I forgave her, but she had no idea the significance of her sin. Sometimes I think in this life, we don't see the significance of our sin and how it influences eternity. I wanna give you a chance right where you are to make sure that what you do in this life echoes in eternity. One of the best ways that you can do that is by inviting Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, to say you're sorry. And if you do, if you truly repent, he will forgive you. But not only that, he will pay for your sin. So if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, wherever you are, look at your own heart as I begin to pray. And if this resonates with you and you know that you need to make that connection with God and you know you need to release your guilt and your shame and your sin, know this, if you're sorry, Jesus will forgive you. And not only that, he will pay for your sin. The Bible says, by grace, it's free through faith. So would you pray with me right now? Just say this, say, Jesus, I receive what you did for me 2,000 years ago. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong, past, the present, and I'm sure even into the future. But I believe that you not only forgive me, but that you paid for my sins. I receive that right now by grace, freely, through faith. I believe you did that once and for all. I receive salvation today. Now, if you've made that decision, I want you to know the Bible says your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and there are angels right now that are rejoicing and celebrating. This was the best decision you can make and what you did today affects forever. God bless you and thank you so much for listening to this message. Thank you so much for making that decision. Make sure you tell somebody and you just kind of raise your hand and say, that was me. And when you do that also, would you text CC Saved to 97,000? If you do that, I want to send you a book, What's Next? It's going to help you on your spiritual journey. It's going to tell you, here you are, and here's where you need to go. It's going to help you in a big way. We want you to not only make a decision, but to become a disciple. God bless you.